0: And we have got episode 71 of the Cherokee Rewind rolling here. I am Mick. Thanks for hanging out. And, well, this time around, we're going to go just north of Toledo here and into Michigan. as uh, We got a guy here who was a Michigan guy and played – he was a defenseman for the Cherokee. This is going back a little ways, but uh, goes by the name of Mike Sisk. And you'll hear me call him Siski from time to time. Old habits die hard. So, uh, Michael, how are you, sir?
1: Good by yourself.
0: You know me, man. Just uh, I got a pulse. I'm happy. (laughs) So, but uh, now I always do this thing where I try to remember what your jersey number was. And you being a defenseman and playing as far back as you did, I mean, you're still a kid to me. So, but uh, if I remember... I'm gonna take a stab at it and say, You wore number five? Four. Four? I was close.
1: Yeah, lost by one. Uh,
0: what's that? What do I know? It's math. It it's not a, my this strong like, suit.
1: It's like a couple of years ago, right?
0: Yeah, just one or two. Yeah. And especially, you know, I've only got 20 years worth of players to try to remember. Anyway, but, uh, you know, Siski, we, uh, we joke about this stuff, but the thing was, was that you were. Uh, fiery defenseman. If I remember, you were you didn't take too much crap off anybody if they tried to get at, uh, try to run your goalie or get in front of the net. You were one of those uh, guys that I mean, you weren't the biggest guy out there. Let's be honest, you weren't. And but you you played like it. That's the thing. You played without. And it's it's kind of that's kind you kind of got to play that way if you're going to be a physical guy and stuff. Uh, you can't play with any hesitation. And especially being a guy who was smaller in stature uh, and you went, you'd never, uh, you never backed down from anybody. You were yeah. just kind of one of those crap disturbers that, that, uh, that people would kind of go, Rrr. but uh, you were one of those guys, Siskiy. I remember they, they look, if you were on, if they were on your team, you loved them, but if they weren't, you hated them. And you were <laughs> one of those guys.
1: Yeah. have been, uh, I've been told that a couple of times throughout my career. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about that a little bit. How old were you when you first uh, you first got on skates and were introduced to this game?
1: I was actually introduced through my uh, my grandmother, who actually passed away a couple of years ago from uh, Alzheimer's, but I was two and a half years old. Uh, she was a figure skater, a really good one at that, and no one else in my whole family plays hockey, and uh, she was the one who introduced me to skating, and ever since then i mean that was that was it um she introduced me to it and from that point forward you couldn't keep me off the ice
0: wow so was there anything as far as uh, uh did she uh, it, like explain the sport to you you know or anything like that to get you involved or at least to get your interest going
1: uh not really i mean thanks to that, a long time ago and a couple hits to the head throughout the career obviously but um I, it was just kind of a love at first sight type of thing. They just couldn't keep me off the ice once I got going. Um, and grants my family, they took me to all those nice five thirty in the morning skates and through all that. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for them, you know, I wouldn't have made it as far as I did, but it was just, I mean, ever since I can remember, it was just all I wanted to do.
0: Man. Now, I. Did you – how how old were you when you first played, like, organized hockey, you know, whether it was, like, mini mics or whatever?
1: I think it was uh, Timbits at the time. I don't know if that's still a thing or not, but I think I was four. Yeah, I think I was four. It might have been three. It kind of depended on the age, but, yeah, somewhere in that age.
0: Wow. So, now, um, I I take it that uh, that pretty much you – when you play when you first got there did you have any uh I, I should say did your folks have any hesitation about you playing because we i mean especially for for folks that for parents that uh they got their kids involved in sports usually it's football if they're going to ru- have some rough sports it's going to be football and or and most of them want soccer because they in their mind that's like the safe sport <laughs> but yeah yeah we know better but uh anyhow uh the thing is is that when you play you know when you get introduced to hockey did i mean later on did your folks ever say anything about having any hesitation about putting you in the sport because they were kind of fearful
1: none at all um my whole family grew up playing contact sports football you name it i mean it wasn't ever really talked about or thought about um i don't know if. It was just because hockey wasn't really anything they knew of. I mean, obviously, they watched it on TV and all that. Um, But it was nothing, you know, it was never really brought up. It was just that I loved it, and they were going to help me pursue it in any way they could.
0: Well, that's awesome. Now, did uh, when you played, uh, what was it like for you, if you remember? Now, I realize you were very young back then. But if for as far back as you can remember, at least. Uh, do you remember anything about is, were you like, did you just take to it like fish to water or was were you kind of uh, gun shy at first? Uh, what was it like with your coaches? That kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> well, at first, um, you know, I think it took me two or three skates to get rid of the actual, you know, trainer holding me up. Cause I guess I would just sit there on the ice for an hour or so and they just would wouldn't say anything to me just let me be and then finally i figured it out you know because my butt would get a little cold that you know i might actually <laughs> want to be um and then kind of after that it was just full head you know full head of steam forward and that was it
0: wow okay so now when you first started playing whether it was tim bits or early on do you remember were you always a defenseman
1: actually i started out as a forward um I didn't turn a defenseman until, oh, I want to say it was probably Pee-Wee um, a team I was trying for out for at the time, the Michigan Devils, who uh, we ended up being pretty successful with for a lot of years. Um, all they had open was defensive positions at the time, and in order for me to make that team, I made the switch, and that's actually when I turned into a defenseman. Um, so kind of, uh, you know, it was – Not what I knew at first, let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, never mind the fact that, yeah, you do got to skate backwards eventually.
1: Yeah.
0: So do you remember any of your coaches from back then, from when you were younger?
1: Yeah, I remember quite a – pretty much all of them. Um, That Michigan Devils team was uh, coached by Rob Smith. Um, We had a couple good – I remember one of the assistant coaches was – Mark Farah and Cam It was kind of all of the local downriver kids. Um, you know, we ended up turning into, we, I think we won three state championships in a row and a national championship at that age, in that age group. And then we ended up becoming part of Bell Tire. Uh, I think it was 14U at the time. And just kind of that, we had a good core of guys that from that downriver area that was really solid. And we just kind of kept moving up through the rinks through the years.
0: Okay. Now, um, where where did you play out of? What rinks did you play out of for home?
1: Uh, our main home rink was uh, Trenton, uh, which is probably, what, 40 minutes north of Toledo, maybe,
0: mm-hmm.
1: at the most. I'm sure you've probably traveled there through your time. But uh,
0: I was just through there yesterday. So, yes, I go through there a lot. So, uh I understand that, completely. Yeah, that
1: was my home ring for a lot of years playing with the uh, Michigan Devils. Okay. All right. So, um,
0: now you said you went through to Pee Wee. Uh, was it, uh, as far as when you made the transition to defense, was it one? Was it something that your coaches asked you to do, as far as helping the team, or was it something that they like said, "Hey, uh, Mike, we think we, you can, you, you can help uh, a lot by you know being on the blue line."
1: It was kind of a little bit of both. Um, It was, I had a really good natural instinct of defensiveness as it was. Um, And it was just kind of one of those things that they didn't want to, you know, cut me necessarily, but it was, you know, also they kind of saw my way of, you know, playing that it would probably be a good transition and an easy transition to make. And, uh, I mean, in the ended up, ended up working out really well.
0: Okay. I was going to say, did, uh, were you a happy camper back then, uh, when you made that transition?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't really ever remember, um, anything negative about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, once again, it was a long time ago. Maybe I might've been a little mad at first, but uh, you know, in the end it all works out. And like I said, we had a really good group of guys and we just had a lot of fun.
0: Now, uh, who, I mean, was that a house league or was that travel?
1: That was travel, yep.
0: Okay. So, uh, I mean, man, that had to be a lot of fun for your folks. Uh, Taking, you You know, never mind the home games, but when you had to go on tournaments, road, you know, I mean, stuff like that. How? You know, I mean, that probably, and then you have to uh, combine that with homework, uh, the regular school life. Always a good time.
1: Yeah, I mean we uh we must have traveled pretty much every weekend. We were gone in tournaments, whether it be Canada, Chicago, Buffalo, I mean you name it. We were all over the place. Um, you know, it was but it was always emphasized that, you know, school was a big thing though too. And uh, you know, that was one thing my parents made it very clear and you know, our coaches were really big on it too, that you know, our schoolwork had to stay in line with us being gone
0: that I mean that had to be a real challenge then um were you a pretty good student
1: I was I actually ended up graduating high school with a 3.8 somehow um I mean my, my senior year uh I actually missed more days from playing hockey than I was in school and I actually had to write a letter to my school board in order to, for them to pass me even though my gpa had stayed where it was and my grades didn't slip i still had to i guess prove to them that you know that it was a good reason why i was graduating
0: wow yeah
1: it was uh, it was an interesting time
0: i bet it was holy crap now um i i mean i can't say anything i mean i, I don't even think my gpa registered it was like I those I think I because I was always trying to avoid taking classes. So I had to I mean like every each year all four years of high school I had at least at least one study hall. <laughs> Min, minimum of one study hall. I graduated with the minimum amount of credits that you had to have to graduate. And it, I had to I had to uh I had to work extra for that (laughs) because I just did not want to, I just, I was not a school person, but I did what I had to do. And that was it. But now, you know, looking back on it now, it's like, Mick, you idiot. But anyway, um, so now, you know, as you were moving up, um, did you ever like think about Did you play high school or did you stick with travel?
1: I stuck with travel. Um, yeah, I never played in high school or anything like that. Uh, travel was just always kind of, I don't want to say it was the, the better avenue, but it was just all that I knew, and that's kind of where our group of guys were. Um, not that all of us kind of stuck together. We're all kind of spread out at that point in time. Um, but it was just the most competitive way at the time for us, for me at least, too.
0: know it's kind of weird because i mean in especially throughout the downriver area and around all around detroit uh it was one of those things where i mean uh the the travel scene but also the high school scene they both had good hockey i you know i mean you couldn't really go wrong either way i think it's just that there's this stigma or I, i guess for lack of a better word stigma that uh Guys that play travel are better prepared when you when they want to play, whether it's AAA or juniors mm-hmm. uh, they, that that the, the travel guys that they supposedly have a leg up. But the thing is, is that especially in hockey hotbeds like like in the Detroit area, in Chicago, uh, you know, areas like that, uh, the there's so many kids that play that, you know, even the ones that play high school are pretty, they're pretty talented. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, that's something that people don't think about. I mean, for a uh, it's changed since then, but back then Toledo did not have, uh, their, their high school programs were, they were high school programs. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the jump from high school to AAA or to juniors was really difficult to make. Yeah. because the the it was just watered down talent and that's no slight on them that's just the way it was but now it's gotten so much better because guys that coached in the junior ranks or in the triple a level and stuff like that they're getting involved here with the high schools and yeah. Yeah. these kids are being that they're developing now here in northwest ohio especially uh they're really starting to get a leg up on things and they are really talented kids and they're able to make that transition a little bit easier now than they used to. So, you know, it's, we've come a long way. And of course it's because of the, I mean, after, I mean, when you're in Toledo and you can look up over and up in Detroit and see a bunch of guys, you know, and that's how we used to have it. I mean, we had a bunch of guys for whether it was from Mount Clements uh, over to by the Flint area, down to down river area, you yeah. name it that all these guys would come down and play for toledo now there's still we still got guys from up there that come down but mm-hmm. we've also we're developing guys here in the area whether it's you know genoa uh lake anthony wayne um you know perrysburg sylvania you know toledo yeah. proper you know so it's gotten a lot better and it's like i said it's because we could look up by 75 and see a bunch of guys up there, whether it was at uh, Trenton Ice Arena, over at the Icebox, you know, I mean, oh, there's yeah. just plenty, you know, just plenty of places up there that we got to see really good, good hockey for young kids to play. So um, now in the and you went through to uh, you went through to going into uh, you said you, you four went you didn't play high school hockey. Where did you play in those years?
1: Um, so we, uh, like I said, with the Michigan Devils, we end up transitioning into kind of the core of us, End up moving up to Bell Tire 14U. So that would have been kind of freshman year. Um, once again, had a, just a, a stellar team. Um, Torrey, or, uh, Torrey, Krug was part of that team. We now plays for the St. Louis Blues. Um, his dad, Kyle Krug was, uh, part of the coaching staff and, uh, that was, you know, an awesome, awesome experience. Awesome team there. Uh, we ended up going to nationals that year, won states that year, um, came in third place that year for nationals. So great experience. Um, following year for sophomore year, went and played for uh, copyware, which would have been, what is that, banum Minor, I believe, mm-hmm. I think. I'm trying to remember all the different age groups now. It's been a long time, but um ended up capping in the uh, CompuWare team that year. Um, we weren't the greatest team. Uh, I think we ended up placing last that year. Uh, just it wasn't a very good year. Um, had some issues with the team, and it just it was It was actually a really good learning year for me, um, especially coming from a team that, I mean, we didn't lose very much before that. Like I said, that core of guys we won – four state championships in a row a couple silver stick tournaments uh, a couple national championships so you know we, I came from a very winning thing so that losing year was really tough and kind of really opened up my eyes to the the other side of things okay. um, and then the following year is actually when I came to Toledo my junior year of high school or no sophomore year of high school I think it was and a sophomore um and that was uh you know, really big game changer for me. Um, really great experience. Cause you know, it's always just to call me the, uh, the oldest youngest looking guy in the league. Um, <laughs> because I actually, you know, I've had this beard since I was like 13, I swear.
0: I was um, going to say, man, that you were, you, you walked in there looking Grizzly Adams-esque.
1: <laughs> yeah. always gave me a hard time about that. And, um, you know, I was actually the youngest guy in the league, so it was a really cool experience. You know, going to camp that year with Duncan, and uh, you know, he gave me a shot to play there. And you know, Duncan was a great coach. He was really a great mentor. Um, you know, really tough coach, and but at the same time, a very fair coach. Uh, And then just that group of guys we had that year was, uh, you know, we made a really good run in the Hearst Cup that year. Um, Came up just a little short, unfortunately. Um, But it was, uh, you know, just all the experiences, you know, through high school. And then my senior year of high school was uh, I ended up leaving the Cherokee that year. I went and played with uh, Little Caesars 18U under uh, Billy Silverillo end up winning states that year and then we ended up bringing home the uh, national championship that year too for the u18 so you know my my high school years were pretty pretty potent to say the least
0: okay well let's talk about um how did you get to toledo i mean was it through a tryout was it through did they draft you uh did you just hear about it, uh hear about the tryouts or
1: what was it yeah so it was actually just a tryout i was kind of i was I don't want to say in between, but really undecided of where I was going. I wasn't going to go back to Compuwear. Um Victory Honda was one of the teams that was kind of was looking at going to. Uh, I, I don't really remember how I heard about the Cherokee. And, you know, all of a sudden my dad was talking about it and he goes, Hey, they're tryouts are this weekend. You want to go? Said so, okay, you know, I wasn't drafted by him, anything like that. Um, so yeah, went down there. Um, and the rest was kind of history. Uh, like I said, Duncan really liked the way I played that, you know, on tryouts and you know, kind of offered me a spot. You know, obviously, I was young, like I said, the youngest kid in the league at the time, so
0: the youngest <laughs> old kid,
1: youngest old kid. I mean, we had a pretty pretty older, I don't want to say older team, but a very mature team that year. Um, and I mean, it's a whole different, you know, animal because not that the travel, you know, the AAA league is much different, the travel, but, you know, you're actually traveling together as a, you know, a team on a bus. You're actually, you know, it's not just individually traveling, getting there on your own. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big group setting. Well, so, now.
0: Well, let me ask you uh what was it like when you first walked in that locker room uh like for tryouts or early in the season and stuff where i mean was there any kind of nerves or any kind of uh, what were your expectations and what did you end up how did you, how did it end up turning out for you as far as when you first uh, went down there
1: you No know, as far as nerves there really wasn't any um I'm, I've never really been much of a, a nervous person, um, especially when it came to playing hockey. I knew my skills and I trusted them. Um, it was more of I was there to prove a point. Uh, and I think that kind of carried over into my play a lot of times. Um, I was a very physical physical defenseman. I was very chippy. Um It was just who I was. I mean, I wasn't the biggest guy like we talked about before. You know, on a good day, I was 5'10", you know, off my skates. So, you know, on my skates, I was lucky to be six foot if I was lucky. Um, You know, but I was awfully, awfully physical. Um, And that was just my style of play. And, you know, I was going to let you know I was there and I wasn't going anywhere. So,
0: yeah. Well, you know, you got to remember, too, back then, and what makes it more impressive, you know, most people now would say, well, okay, what's the big deal? You know, 5'10", foot, you can hit. Okay, great. No, back then, they liked the, especially, you know, whether it be juniors on up or even in AAA, they liked those big, tall trees, man. They liked those big boys. And that's who they were always scouting and looking for. You know, the guys that were smaller who were tough, it's like, Eh, you know they 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 always back then wanted the really big guys. They wanted those big, uh, big drinks of water, and uh, it for the smaller guys, You know that was a tough road to hoe, and you were able to plow through that pretty nicely. I mean, like I said, like you both have said, because of how aggressive you would play. Um, do you remember your first game uh, in a Cherokee uniform?
1: I think my first game was actually against Metro, if I remember correctly. Um and back then Metro wasn't the greatest team, but it was always a good game against them. It was always really chippy. Um and yeah, that's about I think it I think it was Metro, I could be wrong, but um yeah, that's about all I remember of it. Um, you know, one of the games that really sticks out was uh it's against Peoria. Um, I think it was maybe the quarterfinals before going to Dubuque for the Hearst Cup. Um, and I think I had 32 hits or 33 hits that game. And uh, I just remember, you know, it was just one of their, I think it was their captain of Peoria at the time, just, you know, turned to me at one point and said, you just, you know, can you just stop at some point? <laughs> and you know it just it was it was you know that was a game that really stuck out and i think i ended up getting a star in the game or third star or something like that for that one um that was a game that really stuck out um you know because at the beginning of the year i you know i wasn't really playing much i was still trying to find my my niche in my spot on the team um and, you know, kind of had a good sit down with Dunk at one point. And, you know, kind of after that, maybe midway through the season is really when, you know, everything started clicking and I was on the ice quite a bit. Um, you know, if I remember correctly, you know, it was I think Ryan Sexsmith was on, you know, defensive squad, Jack Goodell, um, myself, uh, Josh Williams was on there, too. Brandon Bolter. Bolter.
0: Yeah, yeah. Brandon Bolter. We
1: yeah, always called him Bolts. Yeah, you know, we had a, a really, I mean, I think me and Josh were probably the two smallest guys, both being about 5'10". Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a big defensive squad then, and, you know, pretty old. I think me and Josh were probably the youngest ones at the time. Yeah. Uh, and it was S- just... sexmith
0: was like, he looked like he was like about a Thirty-year veteran or something, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it looked like he had been around for
0: a little while. Yeah, well, he went to a lot. Of, he went through a lot of teams, man. That kid, I will tell you what, you you look at the dictionary under the word resiliency, and you'll find his picture. Oh, that gosh. kid, that kid, that kid went through a lot, and he and he came out of it oh, a good kid. You know, he came out of it a good guy. So uh, now, do you did you did you uh, score at all in uh, that in that year? For Toledo? I
1: did. I had uh I had a goal against um oh, who is uh, Grand Rapids Owls.
0: Aha. Yeah. The good old Grand Rapids Owls. That
1: awesome. Yeah, that was my only goal the whole year. I had a bunch of assists, but uh not too many goals. Yeah,
0: hey, but at least you got one. There was no yeah. goose egg
1: there. Yeah, there was no goose egg.
0: <laughs> now uh the other thing, too, that I remember was that when you played and the Herster Cup was in Dubuque, was that the year uh, – let me see. That was at the big arena they had. Oh, um, yeah. The, it, they'd get like three, 4,000 drunk – I mean, um, fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same difference. Anyway, uh, well, they I would – Yeah, uh,
1: we, uh, we played Dubuque for their home opener there um, mm-hmm. and. It was, you know, like you said, three thousand to four thousand fans, and it was loud in there because just the way it was, it was set up like an old basketball stadium, so the stands felt like they were on top of you. And, uh, you yeah, know, it wasn't a. It was a good. I think the first game we only end up, you know, Dubuque was just a powerhouse of a team. I think the following year is when they actually moved up into the uh, the USHL, if I remember. Yeah, correctly. they went. Yeah,
0: they went back to the USHL. Because they were the fighting saints. And, yeah. Uh, then, yeah,
1: yeah. And, yeah and then they, they were the Thunderbirds when we played yeah. them, if I remember correctly. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, they were just a powerhouse of a team. I mean, they just had some giants. But, uh, yeah, that, that stadium was something else, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, they were – They. I mean, that if you weren't it, – because, it, I mean, let's, let's face it. For them, that, that was their minor league hockey team. Oh, you yeah. Know? You know, I mean, here in, in places out east, here, you know, cities like, like Toledo and Cincinnati, Kalamazoo, Fort Wayne, you know, minor league hockey is the heartbeat of, of the city. Yeah. You know, and where out there, they don't have much in the way of minor league hockey. Uh, the farther west you go. Yeah. And, and so all those cities out there, their junior teams are their minor league hockey team. Oh, you yeah. Know. You know, the, that's where they have all the the beer promotions and everything else. You know, I mean,
1: you know, it was it was a big part of the city. You could tell. I mean, like I said, it was packed stands every time we went out there.
0: Mhm. Coolest memory I have about going out there was, I don't know if you were if you remember this, but there was a kid that he I think he was a special needs kid. And he ended up watching our game, and he met us uh, out in the uh, the walkway and the stuff out where the public hangs out, and we were mm-hmm. just – everybody was hanging out. And he ended up befriending uh, Bolts, Brandon Bolter. Yep. and. I remember that. Yeah, Bolts was like, you know, and Bolts was as nice as could be to this kid. Cuz and and Bolts, for those of you that don't know, Brandon Bolter was I think maybe what, 6'5", six, 6'4"? Six,
1: yeah, at least.
0: Yeah, he was a, he he was a big boy and had a shot to match and uh he was a pretty good skater and he was physical. He, he oh, when he fought people, he hurt them. I remember watching him fight somebody in Cincinnati. And it was like, Oh, please stop. <laughs> and you know, and he, I mean, he just destroyed this kid and I'm just, a, and my better half, it, it was her first hockey game of any sort watching. She never has ever watched hockey and she, we were in Cincinnati and she was watching this game and it was getting to be a blowout. So within the last like 10, 12 minutes of the game, a bunch of fights start happening and bolts just unloaded on this kid and, and she looked at me, she's like, huh And she, cause like I said, she's not used to this stuff, you know, she oh, doesn't yeah. understand the. So, you know, I'm sitting, and I just like, I'm like going, oh God, please stop. You know, I felt bad for the kid because Bolts just destroyed him. Well, anyway, you know, Bolts getting back to what we were talking about. Bolts was that way. You know, people see him usually on the ice and he's, you know, feeding, you know, a knuckle sandwich to somebody. Well, Bolts befriends this kid and this kid just absolutely just fell in love with bolts he just thought he was the greatest person ever and i'll never forget it bolts got a game jersey of toledos mm-hmm. and and uh, i don't i think everybody signed it and he gave it to this kid and this kid was probably maybe about like 8 9 years old yeah and i'll never forget the look on that kid's face when bolts gave him the jersey and he hugged bolts so tight for all it was worth. And it was one of those things where you get, you know, you understand fan interaction as part of the game and, you know, dealing with the public, but number one, we weren't the home team. Yeah. Okay. We were in Dubuque and Dubuque and Toledo had a pretty heated rivalry back then. Yep. You know, you know, we all were about, you know, we talk about the Nick Yost and, uh, they had heard around the world and the and the uh, uh, all yeah. that the yep. brawl that started it all, but uh you know, I just remember you know all of that, and yet we're in Dubuque, and this kid was just like absolute- i mean he became a Cherokee fan, you know he had his Dubuque stuff, and he took it off and became a Cherokee fan, saw him like the next day or two over the tournament, and he you know it was just so i mean. It was one of those times where you just you, your heart just like grows like three sizes too big, and you just you know I was like bolts. You couldn't have been a better ambassador if you tried, and uh, you know that really really touched a lot of people. And it was funny because I had talked about it on a on a blog or something like a couple years later, and not not giving it much thought, and I got a couple responses from people in Dubuque that remember the event happening. They remember seeing him give him the jersey, and they were telling me uh, some stuff about this this young kid. And I just, I mean, like I said, it's nice to know that people people don't forget. You know, they they know when you're good to them, they don't forget. But that, um, but again, it was Dubuque. So you know, it was, we hated them; they hated <laughs> us, and n- yeah. never the two shall meet. Now, d- when you were out there, did you get like? Uh, did you get in any scraps with anybody in Dubuque, or any any you know pick up any excessive penalty minutes?
1: I I, I did log some minutes. Um, funny thing is, I actually wasn't allowed to fight. Um, that was one of the rules handed down to me um, from Dunk because I was so young at the time. Uh, he did not allow oh. me to fight that whole year. I could not fight. And oh, I, man. I came in, you know, the year before from Conqueror, where I led the uh, the league in penalty minutes that year too from fighting. Wow! wow. So it was uh, it was a big adjustment. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll never forget. It was, you know, I was like I said, I was a young guy in the league. Um, you know, I was playing against men at the time. I mean, I was only 16, or actually, when I started, I was only 15 and a half for, you know, almost 16. I think my birthday had to be at a certain time in order to play. Um. But yeah, it was uh, that was one thing that I could not do that whole year, and it was tough. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> now, when you were in, now when you were with Compuware, were you a pretty good uh, scrapper?
1: Yeah, I was a pretty, you know, I, I, for you know the age, it was still, you know, it was still kind of young for it, but it was happening quite often, um, you know. And then, like I said, I came into. Toledo wasn't able to, and then, you know, when I went back to Caesars, you know, I, I fought quite a few there. Not, not as much, but, uh, I, you know, there was a couple times, like, I, I can remember vividly at Dubuque, that opening, that home opening weekend there. Um, I can't remember who it was from their team, but, yeah, they wanted to, you know, throw down. I, I just couldn't do anything. I just had to skate away. Uh discipline discipline is what. yeah it that's it that's what it was right yeah. right
0: so did you ever uh ask dunk to say hey you know come on dunk man i, I gotta go
1: there was there was a couple of, like i said i think peoria one time we went and visited them at home um that was always a heated contest between them and us that was always a good rivalry um I mean, we hated each other's guts. Yeah. Um, you know, between them and Dubuque, I don't know if there was a bigger rival that we had, at least when I played. Um,
0: Probably the closest would have been St. Louis, but that's because they were all little guys and they could put the puck in the net.
1: That's true. Yeah, they they were a quick little team, that's for sure. Um but yeah, I think Peoria was about the only other time I remember because the kid just cheap shot at me from behind and I just got up angry and I'm pretty sure I followed him around the ice and I can, I'm pretty sure Duncan was yelling at me from the bench not to do it. So, you know, then that little angel popped up on my shoulder and told me not to. So, you know, it all worked. Uh, yeah,
0: but still that's got to be frustrating when you, your natural instinct is to defend yourself and. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, uh, it's all right. Hey, Dunk had your, at least you know Dunk had your best interest. He was looking out for you.
1: No, so. absolutely. And, that, and that's what it was. You know, just because I was still so young at the time. And I mean, at the time, I mean, if I was to fight a 21 year old, that's five years of difference. Um, that's a big, big age gap. Um, well, it's
0: a, It's a big age gap, but it's also a big development gap, too, because if it was a 21-year-old against a 26-year-old, you don't think about it. But when you're 15 and a half and you're fighting a 21-year-old, I'm sorry, that's that's a big, big, big development, physical development gap. No, absolutely.
1: And that that was the biggest reason why. Um, It wasn't that – I think because I may have fought during training camp, and I think that was when he told me that was the last time I'd fight for the – you know, while I was on the Cherokee. Um, and it was nothing nothing wrong with the fight, but it was just, you know, I think that was the biggest thing was just the age age gap there. And once again, as a kid, you're just thinking, oh, this is stupid. But, mm-hmm. at, you know, at the end of the day, Dunk had the, my best interest in insight compared to me just being a young dub and kids thinking, oh, let's go with anybody type of attitude.
0: Uh, you know, and I can understand that. Now, I got to tell you a story. I got to tell you a quick story about uh, kid. This was back when we were playing at Tam O'Shanter in in those days. And it um, had a kid on the team. He was a 15-year-old. He hadn't turned 16 yet. His name was uh, Tony Pomponio. He was a defenseman. And he was a scrawny kid. He was probably maybe, I want to say, 145 pounds tops. This kid was as bony and scrawny as could be, but he was good on his skates and yeah. he played defense really well. I mean, he wasn't like a giant hitter. He just could. He just knew how to play the puck defensively, how to clear the zone, that kind of stuff. Well, we're, we're at home on a Sunday afternoon and we're playing Columbus and we go at, at, uh the quote unquote heavyweight champ of the Central States Hockey League decides to challenge him. And so he throws his gloves, the guy throws his gloves down and goes at him. Tony throws his gloves down and he, the kid was coming at him. So he, I mean, it was going to happen. And Omi's on the, uh, Todd Omi, the coach at the time uh, was on the bench, ready to go ballistic. I mean, just ballistic because this kid who was the heavyweight champ was an overager. Right. He was twenty or you know, close to twenty one years old, and he's playing a kid who hasn't even celebrated his sixteenth birthday yet. Yeah. Well, Pomponio instinctively wait get, waits for him to come at him as he comes at him and lets go with a lightning punch. One shot. Drills this kid in the face, breaks his orbital bone, cheekbone, nose. Oh, yeah. And then the kid knocked the kid out to the point where he was out on his feet, fell to the ice, and landed on his wrist and broke his wrist. Mm. All, all with one shot. I believe it. So, you know, the, uh, after that, nobody, I mean, he, he got in a couple of scraps, but he hurt people. Because, yeah. again, bony hands. Those bony hands, he hurt people. And uh, so not too many people messed with him after that. It, it was funnier than heck. But uh the you know, you get guys like that sometimes and then you get other guys who their hearts in the right place and they end up becoming um they end up becoming a punching bag and you yeah. don't want that.
1: Yeah, we've so, sure seen that.
0: Yeah, haven't we all? So but uh it's just it was just one of those things. But yeah, you know, and I think if Omi if it would have been closer to the bench, Omi would have done something else to get him off the yeah. ice because You know, and again, that's just a coach wanting to look after their young kids, because it it, it's uh it's part of their part of their development. You got to protect them sometimes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, I mean, that was a good thing too with our squad. Is you know, we had some younger guys on our squad, but we also had quite a few of veterans. You know, that year in Toledo, and you know, there's a couple times where you know, a couple guys would step in for me and it just, it is what it is. You know, I remember, you know, Clark did it a couple times. I know
0: oh, six,
1: yeah. a couple times. It just, it was one of those things is, you know, not too many people, you know, that, you know, were able to mess with me before I was that person that was protecting other people. But, you know, here I am in a league, you know, being, you know, once again, the youngest guy where people were protecting me. So it was, uh, it, it was a different thing, but that was just, you know, that's the whole aspect of the team though.
0: Well, let me ask you, what was the transition like for you to go from, you know, Compuware and stuff to playing, you know, juniors and noticing, you know, you're not just playing with guys your age mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, a year younger, you're playing against grown men. Yeah. And- I mean, obviously, the physicality probably was bigger, but what did you have to make any adjustments as far as the way you played your game?
1: I mean, as far as, you know, game speed and stuff like that, it was all very similar. Um, You know, the biggest thing was playing against, you know, guys that were way more mature. You know, like you're saying, you're usually playing against kids your own age, but now, you know, I was going up against, you know, some guys that were 20 years old, and that's a big, big difference. I mean, that's some extra size, some extra weight to them, and you know, it was it had to be a little bit stronger on your feet. Um, you know, especially when you're down low, working in the corners or something like that. That was, you know, learning how to position yourself right, maneuver right. You know, obviously because they've got some of the guys had thirty, forty pounds on you, no problem. It's just what it was and you had to learn how to overcome that.
0: Okay. So you uh you play that year in Toledo and it was I mean, again, it's uh were there any guys that you knew on the team uh from prior years of hockey playing either for with them or against them at
1: uh-huh. all? No, no one. So you in walked from, in.
0: You walked in there with no, no, nobody that you knew. Yep. Wow. Yeah. How long did it take you to adjust to getting being comfortable with the team?
1: Um, you know, it wasn't too too quick of an adjustment period. Um, actually, ended up uh, Mark Farrell. I think it was his last year there in Toledo. Um, he actually was right down the street from me. So ended up hitching a ride with him. A couple, you know, we drive. We take turns driving back and forth down to Toledo. Um, so it, it wasn't too too long of an adjustment period. Like I said, we had a you know a good core of guys, and we all just kind of you know meshed together really well that year.
0: Okay, yeah, Farrow was crazy. He was uh, he was a nutcase, man. That's that's the one thing I remember about him. He was probably one of the funnier kids on the team, and. Uh, he went out of his way to prove it <laughs> oh, every yeah. chance he got now do you remember some of that stuff like some of the some of the wacky crazy crap that went on uh, in the in the locker room or on road trips
1: Oh yeah I mean you know one of the ones that sticks out big time was you know the Herster Cup in Dubuque and, you know obviously the finals and all that. And everyone's trying to dye their hair, you know, bright blonde and all that. And, you know, at the time I had a full head of hair and, you know, luscious locks and my hair is dark as can be. And it just ended up being just bright red. And (laughs) uh, I'll never forget, you know, because I I started that, you know, that next game. I can't remember who we were playing, but... uh... Yeah, I took off my helmet, and I just remember my dad had made the trip all the way to view to watch you know, the, the finals, and he's just infuriated. My hair is just this bright red, and that's <laughs> all I'm thinking about the whole time during the national anthem. I'm just like, I need to get my helmet back on because I can just feel the anger coming from the stands.
0: You can yeah, feel tried, the heat.
1: Yeah, we tried dyeing my hair probably three or four times, and it just did not matter. It just made it more red
0: wow oh, man but uh who that did, so after afterwards did he give you a lot of crap about it
1: i don't think he said a word about it because he i think he knew I, I i messed up so uh it was fun though you know it was all we all did it we all had some fun with it um you know the beginning of the year it was mohawks for all the new guys um you know all of our heads were shaved i think um a couple guys did the uh, the good old Wolverine helmet, which was weird haircut at the time. Yeah, it was you know it was just ways of getting us you know all together and get us to bond together. You know, it's just. A, now,
0: did you have the Mohawk, or did you go all? I had in? a
1: Mohawk. Yeah, I wasn't gonna do that Wolverine helmet one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: too too much too much involved there.
1: Yeah, I'm not a Wolverine fan, so that would be crossing the line big time.
0: Ooh, how how do you survive, man? Being uh being up there and. At- well, I'm a Sparty
1: fan. Unfortunately, nowadays, um, not that they're too good at anything, but uh, yeah, my whole most of my family's all Wolverines, or they're all Buckeye fans, because a lot of my family's from the Toledo area originally. So it's a uh, it's a rough it's been a rough couple of years for me as a Spartan fan.
0: Ooh, well, you poor guy. Well, you know what? I shouldn't complain. I shouldn't com. I shouldn't say anything because. I mean, we've been there too. You know, I'm a i am grew up a, a Irish Buckeye. Okay. So, you know, I mean, because those were the only two teams we could watch. Yeah. Uh, when I was when I was a kid growing up, we didn't have cable, so then uh, there was no cable in our neighborhood. They didn't get cable put in there till I was an adult, back then. And uh, so, you know, we got the Buckeyes, and then on Sunday mornings we'd get the replay of Notre Dame football. Okay. So we'd get so those were the those were the games that we'd always watch, and so that's you know I became an Irish Buckeye. But no, I I can understand with uh, being you know at least at least you're in state. You know I'll give you that. You know you're in state. You know you're true to your you're true to your green roots. So there's nothing wrong with that.
1: No, now, I'll I'll take the beatings. It is what it is. But you know every time we do have that slim nice victory, it's you know celebrated
0: appropriately. Yeah, of course, and especially, you know, the whole Big Brother, Little Brother thing that uh, the the Wolverines like to, to throw at you, and it's okay. like, yeah, well, Little Brother just kicked Big Brother's butt, you know? Yeah. So, so that's how you gotta look at it. So, but, um, alright, so you play, you finish up in Toledo, and you went back, We went back up. Um, Tell me the, uh, the Mike Siska version of how things played out after you left Toledo hockey wise?
1: Um, you know, I think it, it you know, it went really well. Uh, like I said, I actually ended up making the, uh, the CSHL all-star team that was, you know, afterwards. Um, so that was a, a you know, a great achievement. Um, and then I ended up going on, moving on making Little Caesars U18 that year the following year. And like I said, we went on to have just uh, an amazing year. Uh, We ended up winning states and then went into Pittsburgh that year and nationals ended up winning nationals, Um, you know, kind of an underdog. We weren't, you know, the big shot team um, by any means, Um, but we ended up bringing it home. So it was really, really cool. And, uh, you know, we had, I want to say there's four or five guys from that little Caesars team that ended up moving on playing professionally, you know, that they're in the NHL right now. So we had a, a pretty stacked team as far as talent wise. Um, and it was just, it, it was, you know, that was kind of the the highlight there, um, you know, went on played, you know, got drafted by the, uh, the Windsor Spitfires on the OHL and, You know, went to training camp, um, you know, got into a couple fights, had a really good training camp, and just, that was kind of it for me. Uh, I didn't end up playing any more hockey after my midget major year for Little Caesars. Um, You know, I've had four knee surgeries, had an eye injury. Um, I just kind of figured it was my time and, you know, kind of finished on top, which was nice. You know, I, I miss the game every day. I really do. Um, but, you know, at one point my doc looked at me too and said, you know, if you really want to walk by the time you're 30, you, know, you might want to think about a career change. So it was uh, it was just the right time.
0: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so let me ask you then, if since you miss the game as much as you do, have you given any thought to maybe get back into it by coaching?
1: I have thought about it, um, you know, I was away in Myrtle Beach for just about eight years, went down there, just kind of on a whim, went to school down there, and, you know, now that we're back in Michigan, I, I have thought about it, um, actually, Nick Yost, who I played with at Toledo, is, you know, a coach not too far from here in Gross Point, Pointe, and, uh, you know, I, I've thought about it a couple times, um, just kind of trying to get settled in for good and getting started possibly somewhere.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, is there a particular level that you want to coach? I mean, are you maybe start with the, uh, the 10 bit size guys and work your way up? Or do you want to start somewhere a little higher?
1: I mean, honestly, I don't, it, it, As far as the level, you know, of course, everyone wants to start a little bit higher, more skilled players. But it'd be fun to actually start at a lower, younger age. You know, maybe not ten bit level, but maybe even the ten bit level, and just watch them grow from that point. I think there's something pretty cool in that.
0: Okay. Um, Now, uh, you now where did where did you go to school?
1: Um, I went down to uh, or Georgetown Tech college in uh, myrtle beach south carolina um actually got my associates in science which is for turf grass management uh to grow grass for a living and watch people hit a little white ball around a golf course and enjoy it
0: i was going to say please clarify that uh you know uh the grass comment there but No, we're we're not, old not, we're not, old not, enough it has a different meaning
1: yes absolutely not the other kind of grass no um, yeah. golf course yes
0: now uh so now we once you finished school there did you stay down there or did you look to come back
1: up here yeah we actually stayed down there for probably two three years after i got on school because it was a two-year associate's degree um we kind of, like I said, we moved down there on a whim. Didn't even have jobs when we moved down there. We just kind of needed to change of pace and change things up. Um, ended up working down there for a while, and the boss I had was like, hey, we got a school. You're pretty good at this. Why don't you go do it? So I did. And, uh, you know, we stayed down there for quite a while. And then in 2018, moved back up to uh, Michigan, actually, in Gaylord, which is kind of way up north in the middle. Um to uh, treetops resort. And I end up running 36 holes up there. And then um, just last year during this lovely pandemic, I ended up moving back down this way to uh, Rochester Hills, which is just north of Detroit, running an 18 hole golf course here. So got a little bit closer back to family and all that, which is nice. So it's, you know, everything has its plan.
0: Yep. Uh, what golf course do you work at?
1: I'm at uh, Pine Trace Golf Club in uh, Rochester Hills.
0: Okay. Sounds nice, man. Is it uh is it a p- pretty uh, challenging course or is it It is. You know, it's
1: you know it's a, it's a little bit of a shorter course, um, but it's got a lot of undulation to it actually for being kind of where it is. It's a lot of rolling hills, um a couple big elevation drops. Um like I said, it's not the longest, but the greens are really small and challenging. So it kind of makes up for the length of the course, but it's, it's a good track.
0: Okay. Now, uh, now you and your wife, are you going to uh, – by the way, um, how long has it been now uh, that you've uh, been with the missus?
1: <laughs> We've actually been together uh, 14 years – or, oh, excuse me, 15 years here uh, the end of this month, May 24th wow yeah she actually her first hockey game ever was my first game as a Toledo Cherokee really yep
0: oh my I didn't know this
1: so so how did you guys meet uh we actually met uh camping of all places um in Algonac Michigan uh I had just went with my aunt uncle I was just kind of Uh, I was pissed off at my parents. I was a teenager at the time, right? You know. Yeah. So I went with them and ended up meeting and the rest is kind of history. Um, We actually lived an hour apart growing up. And, you know, we made it work. And like I said, her first ever hockey game was to see me in a Toledo Cherokee uniform. And then she, you know, kind of second-guessed why she was dating me because I was really mean on the ice. So <laughs> thought that was going to translate into off the ice, which obviously it didn't. Oh, that's um, funny. So, yeah, here we are almost 15 years later. Now, uh, Now, who asked who out first? I asked her out. She just kind of gave me a blank stare for a while. You know, she had her sunglasses on to make it seem like she wasn't looking at me. <laughs> and uh, her mom was actually the one who introduced us at the time and yeah it was just yeah i don't think you know at 15 years old we both didn't really think anything of it probably you know we just talked and thought it would be nothing and yeah you know ended up sparking it up and here we are 15 years later and we're married for you know three years now
0: that's awesome stuff now, um, do you, are is, are you looking to maybe someday have have a family?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, now that we're kind of, you know, I want to say settled down, um, we're not moving as much, obviously, or way away from family. That was kind of our big thing is we wanted to get back closer to family. Um, and then, you know, hopefully within the next year or so, we can, you know, get a family going. Well,
0: that'd be pretty good because I think that will – uh, if, you know, if that were to happen, I think that would probably spark you to want to get back in the game, especially if you could uh, coach your own kid. Yeah. It happens.
1: Uh, you know, I, I think I might be a little too harsh on my own kid because I know the way I was. And uh, I, I probably that would actually be, you know, probably one of the best things in the world. I just joke around saying that, but it would be something cool to see, you know, that happen.
0: Yep, I think it would be, too. So uh, before we wind her up here, um, as far as uh, do you keep in touch with any of the guys that you played with back then now?
1: Not too much. Um, You know, some of us guys are still friends on Facebook and whatnot. Uh, Me and Josh Williams kind of would chat every once in a while because he was in the golf industry for, you know, quite a bit there he was caddying and all that and we kind of, you know, cross paths, never really met up or anything like that. But, you know, it's just kind of cool to see someone in the, the golf industry is a little bit different side of it than I was, but, uh, it was, uh, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, you just kind of keep up with everyone, not that we really talk or anything, but it's, you know, we still kind of keep tabs on each other. I'm sure.
0: Okay. That's fair enough. Now, uh, when you think of, uh, back then, uh, uh, your, your coaches, um, what was it like for you, your overall experience in Toledo, uh, whether it was through your coaches or just the general, uh, vibe of your whole time in Toledo, what it was like, uh, being at the rink, uh, you know, getting to know some of the people behind the scenes, that kind of stuff.
1: It was very welcoming, um like I said, from the, from the get go, uh, you know, Tarsh was you know, a great guy, a great assistant coach. And then, you know, Duncan is the head coach. He was, you know, very, very, you know, I'm trying to think of the right word here and I can't, but that's just because my English vocabulary is not that good. But, <laughs> um, he was, you know, very fair. If, if you were, you know, playing well, he didn't say much, but, you know, if you did something wrong, you were going to know about it. Um, We practiced hard, you know, but that was to, you know, create those situations for the game where it's hopefully making it a little bit easier for us. And then, you know, as far as off the ice, everyone, you know, was just from, like I said, the time I got there, not knowing anybody uh, was very, very welcoming and very, very, you know, almost family oriented.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, um, let me ask you, uh, one more thing here. Um, you know, I usually end this, end each podcast with, you know, uh, what would you, two things, one, what would you, now that you're, uh, you're an older guy, uh, what would, what advice would you give to that 16 year old Mike Sisk that, uh, with the benefit of experience and, and life and et cetera, what kind of, uh, uh, advice would you give to that 16 year old version of you?
1: Um, You know, just because adversity is there, don't just kind of take a step back from it and just hit it head on and just keep going through it. Don't stop at it. Um, Because I hit a little adversity there when I was first there, I wasn't playing as much. I was getting angry about it. Um, But to just tell yourself you're here for a reason, show them why you're here.
0: That's good advice. And then the other thing uh, to wind it up, um, what would you like to say to Cherokee Nation? Uh, Because there are plenty of alumni, uh, current players, there's uh, fans, there are alumni, uh, coaching alumni, you name it, they all listen to this. And I'm very blessed and fortunate that they do. And it, I, you know, it's just an op- opportunity for you to, uh, you know, say what's on your mind as far as uh, talking to them.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I've been paying attention. You know, I still keep tabs on the team, see how everyone's doing. Um, not that I know any of the kids, but, you know, I played there. You know, granted, it was only for a year, um, but it just it meant that much to me. And it was, you know, like I said, family and it still is family to this day, you know, granted, I might not talk to everybody or anything of that nature, but, you know, it would always hold a a special place in my heart the year I spent there. Um, And, you know, to all the the guys I played with, it was, you know, it was a pleasure. And, you know, for all the guys who put on that uniform, I'm sure they feel the same way. Um, It's just, it's a big family and we always will be family granted if, None of us played together. It's just we all put on that jersey.
0: Can't ask for better than that. Well, Siski, I tell you what, uh, this was fun, man. This didn't even seem like, uh, and here we are an hour later, and it, it's like it just blew right by. My God, man, that you know, that's I guess that's the one thing about this that I love doing, uh, with this, and uh, you know, it's because of the game. Yeah, you know. It's the love we all have for this game and, and, and you know the the memories good or bad that we have for TC. Um we all know you know what it that it that what what we had and what it was. And it it's the one thing that always is is that we always appreciate it, but we don't truly grasp that appreciation until later on after the fact. Absolutely. And we look when you I look back you.
1: at it. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that
0: yeah you know so you know it's like uh but the thing is is that we're here to appreciate it and uh, have a few laughs about it and you know and just you know like i said just it's it's the tie that binds hockey you know and yeah. we all have that so uh i really like i said i really enjoyed this is why i love doing this is because i love listening to stories i love listening to you guys tell me the the the, the red hair story oh my gosh i <laughs> did I forgot about that.
1: Oh yeah, know, I completely
0: my, forgot about that.
1: My dad's not going to be too happy to relive that memory, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> now, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think about some of the other stuff back then. Did did you guys have uh, a rookie dinner
1: back then? Yeah, we had a rookie dinner. And? I Honestly, I don't remember that one too well. Maybe it's too many concussions through time, but. Well, I do remember we did have one.
0: Okay. And you, did you guys have to dress up in drag
1: or? I th- believe it was drag. I can't remember exactly what it was, but uh, if I remember correctly, I know it was uh, quite interesting, to say the least.
0: Oh, I bet. I bet. Well, yeah, at least you had the you had the old man facial hair going. You know, yeah, so you, didn't have to... you know, it really so
1: set off the drag costume really well
0: yeah it did. It made it look more Halloween than exactly anything else, so but anyway, well, I' tell you what, man. I do appreciate you doing this, and it's been a blast. I really do. thanks a lot.
1: It's been great, Mick. I appreciate it, man.
0: hey, always buddy and when when we get back to whatever normal is supposed to be, we're gonna have a reunion, and we're gonna That's get great. a bunch of the guys back, and we'll go. We'll probably throw an alumni game, sure, I'm sure. But also, but the big one for me is I want to get a bunch of us to go watch a Cherokee game and just sit there and laugh ourselves silly, telling tall tales and having a couple of Pepsis and and uh, just laugh ourselves silly. So That
1: sounds like a great plan to me, man.
0: I agree, man. So I look forward to that. Well, that's going to do it here for episode 71 of the Cherokee Rewind. Big thanks to Mike Sisk. I I still got to remember that you're number four. For some reason, I just had it etched in my head because I don't cheat. I don't look online. I I do this strictly from memory. And obviously that memory isn't very good because I never get it right most of the time. But uh, anyway, number four in the program. But number four in the program, number one in your hearts. Anyway, for, for Mike Sisk, I am mixing. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Don't forget, subscribe to whatever platform you use as far as uh, getting new episodes of Cherokee Rewind. They drop every Wednesday and Saturday. So be sure to subscribe so that way when the new one drops, it'll let you know and you can enjoy talk, going down memory lane with guys like Mike Sisk here. So for Mike, I am Mick. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.